Welcome to the Menifee United Church of Christ podcast. Menifee UCC is a lively, loving, open, and affirming church. A church that follows Jesus' great commandments. Love God, love others, love yourself. A church that welcomes everyone. A church that speaks truth to power. And a church that works for justice more than just us. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 16. So this is a letter written by Paul. It's an epistle, so it's a letter to the churches in the town of Galatia, or in the area, the general region of Galatia. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you have received the Spirit should restore such one in the spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride, for all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. See what large letters I make when I am writing in my own hand. It is those who want, who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted from the cross of Christ. Even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything but a new creation, is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. Thus ends our inspired readings today. Amen. Amen. All right, so that's a pretty loaded, right? There's probably about 53 different types of sermons in here. So what is it that stands out for you today in the readings? Too much circumcision talk. Yes, <laughs> right. I had a feeling that's going to happen. Like literal? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It sure is. Yes. <laughs> Not here, you don't. Okay. Go right ahead, Jacob. So it says if you sow the flesh, mm-hmm. then you basically fall apart. If you sow the soul, you will become an eternal life. Mm-hmm. It says, what does he mean about sowing? What does the sowing stand, stand about the sentences? That is a great question, but we're going to get to that today. Okay, great question. What do you mean by sewing? Why do you sew? What does 
Right. <laughs> so it's different so it's than sowing. Yeah, so it's not, not sowing. Right, it's about planting yeah. and harvesting. So we'll get to that. Yeah. A lot of talk about circumcision, right? So we'll get into that too, a little bit of the context of what's going on. And in fact, this is actually something that's very parallel to who we are in the body of Christ. What else stands out to you? I always like to see that there's always the same struggles with, <laughs> you know, like following the rules, following the law, instead of and focusing on those rather than focusing on Christ. And it's, it's just the parallels are always, are always there whenever I'm reading this. And I'm like, is it just me interpreting that way because of my background? Or, you know, it's just always great to see that all line up with things that we are still talking about today. Amen to that, Sean. I think it's why um, the scriptures are still very much alive for me today, as they were back in the day when this was written, like 49, 50 AD. Um, when Paul was writing this, there are still humans, and we go through human conditions, and it's still pertinent. Um, all right, you letter of the law followers, and all right, you spirit of the flesh, and, you know, let's talk about that. Yeah, amen. What? Oh, sorry, I see. Yes. Why did Paul write the letter versus, like, talking and so on? So, I mean, that's kind of a different way of doing things. At the time, it would be for us today, but at the time, it was very common to write an epistle. Paul was in and out of prisons. This was He had visited this area during his first uh, missionary trip. Um, it's in uh, Mina Asia, uh, Asia Minor. Um, and so while he was there, he had to communicate to them as quickly as possible, but he himself wasn't able to get there. So he went through this entire mission trip. He started a lot of churches. Um, and at the time, because of where he was and what he had to do, he um, had a scribe that was writing all these things down. And he just had to send these letters out to the churches saying, this is how you keep maintaining. This is how you keep doing things. Or he would get word of saying, like, well, this church in Galatia, you know, they're getting some issues going on here with those. And what was interesting about this particular community was that they were bringing in more of the Roman Gentiles. Um, and they, so it was a hybrid pretty much like old school letter of the law, the Jews, that were saying, no, we've got to go by the, the laws of Moses. And then we also have the Roman Gentiles who are like, that doesn't apply to me. How do we bring them together in unity? So we wrote them a letter because that was the way in which everything. I also think there's no way of misinterpreting that. But then again, we always leave it up to interpretation. So that gives a little bit more. It was actually quite common for the day. Trish, you had a comment. The reaping and sowing. Yes. Karma. Sure. Mm -hmm. Same concept, absolutely, from the Hindu tradition. Absolutely. I said something with judgment too at the very beginning of it. It's like not judging others, looking more within than without. Very true. Very true. Right, so he starts off here, and this is, the, the book of Galatians has six chapters in it, and as Paul, if you read the letters of Paul, the epistles of Paul, they all follow a similar format. So he always has like a, hey church, how are you doing? Hey, it's good to see you all. I'm glad I have this opportunity to say hello again. Here's some things that I hear is what's going on. Then there's this principle that happens within the middle section of the epistle. And then this is the conclusion. And there's and Paul follows this system with every single letter that he writes. So this is the conclusion of it. One of the things about Galatians is that it is also known as one of the most like blunt. He gets to the point. I've got to get this done to you. I've got to get said to you. Yes. So it's saying that you've picked that up right away. Um, 
If some of you have transgressed, it's going to happen. How do we bring them back into the church? How do we love them? How are we gentle and kind? Yes. Um, bear one another's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Do you recall what the law of Christ is? Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. That's right. Yeah. Hmm? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. So this, in the first part of chapter 6, it's what I hear echo time and time again. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Keep it in Galatia. <laughs> right? Uh, because at this point, they're getting really caught up in their certitude of, I am right. This is the right way. This is what Paul meant. This is what Christ meant. This is what was going on. And then Paul, in fact, is saying, we've got to be more open. We've got to be a new creation. This is when Christianity is starting to become Christianity instead of Jews who are following Christ. Because now the Gentiles are coming in. Now, let's get to the point of circumcision real quick. Man, we used to say in seminary, my, um, my New Testament class, we spent so much time talking about this specific that we said we're going to make it into a drinking game every time we heard about this topic. Um, but it was so crucially important. Because by law, within the Jewish tradition, in order for one to be a young man, um, a male, to be given to God, to be offered to God, and to do God's work and will, they had to be circumcised. It was Jewish law. It was written. Was Jesus? Mm-hmm. He was. Absolutely. And there's scripture pertaining to that as well. Um, so every young Jewish male was. Now you've got the Gentiles. Their culture does not embrace that. That's not something that they went by. So they weren't. And so for the Jewish community, the Gentiles who are now coming into the body of Christ, into this new way of loving and learning and understanding these teachings of Jesus, they were considered dirty. They were considered unclean and unkept. Hmm? Unclean. Yep, exactly. Guys, otherwise, let them live. So in the body of Christ, I'm going to ask... How does this apply to our modern day era? How does this apply to the modern day church? Yes, Jennifer. So many things. So many things. So many. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. All the oh, time. For goodness sakes, yes. Right? Absolutely. You've got to be this, you've got to be that, you've got to be this, you've got to be that. Well, it's written in the scriptures. Right? Right? It said, don't, don't be mad at me. It's what this good book says. It is the law of Moses at the time. Yes, Marshall. Okay, so if a man dies, mm -hmm. never been circumcised, how does that affect his life after death? Great. So in the Jewish tradition, that's different. I'm not going to speak to that. But in the Christian tradition, what Paul is actually stating here is that it's no longer doesn't needed. Matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. That's not the point of it. The point of it, they're getting hung up on something that is so law-based that they're losing this much bigger picture of the Christian tradition, the Christian faith of love and life after death and this way of life. But they're saying, no, no, we're fixed on this one thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So to Paul, he's saying, let's focus on something that actually matters here. And he goes on to say, one of my, this, I just, I love when I can find humor in the Bible. 
See what large letters I make when I am writing this with my own hand. Can you just imagine being like, look here? Exactly. You're a teacher. Do you see that? Really big. <laughs> Put your name on your paper. Right? This is important. This is important. We could do bold face italicized. Yeah. Right, exactly. Pay attention here. When I am writing in my own hand, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may be persecuted from the cross, that they may not be persecuted from the cross. Even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about their flesh, right? So that they can boast about being right. So they can say, I've interpreted the scriptures, or I've got this understanding of this faith that is better than what you have because it was written. Look here. See, I have the right. And what Paul is admonishing is saying, the only thing we should be boasting about in this life is the cross and the life of Jesus Christ. That is the only thing that we should be boasting about. And when we look at that perspective, it's actually very uniting as opposed to separating. Can you boast about the love that you're feeling in your life? Can you boast about the love that you are giving in life? That you are feeling and receiving that your community of faith, that your community at large, can you boast about that love? Can you boast about Jesus Christ? Because as much as I want to say, like, oh, those other churches. I know if I'm not careful, man, I can step up on my own pedestal, too. As a more progressive, saying, no, you've misunderstood the scriptures. No, let me tell you this. Man, I find that without love, that is never effective. Has that worked for anybody without love? No. Boasting in love. So right before that, does that make sense about the circumcision and why it's so very important? And if you go to seminary, you will have a full semester about this concept. <laughs> but it was really crucial to unite and to grow the church. And they had huge councils and meetings because there were those who said, no, we will not allow those who are uncircumcised to come into this faith. And, and <laughs> yes, really, absolutely. It was a sign of, yeah, absolutely. I know. That's so, a little extreme. Not for the time. <laughs> and my hope one day is that the church will say at one point, are you serious? They didn't let gay people in? Absolutely. And that's common for our time. But I hope years from now, that will not be the case. And we will feel the same way or whatever it is, you know. Oh, my goodness. You didn't let so-and-so in or you didn't embrace so-and-so who had this lived experience. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jen. Mm -hmm. You know, biracial couples. Biracial couples. And then, you know, um, I'm hearing quite a few stories this past week, um, just how people, how, you know, the parents didn't even go to the wedding and there was all this, like, I don't know, that racism and that, how they're just against each other and, you know, same, same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, same thing. Um, and, and, 
you know, unrelevant. It's not relevant. And these people miss out on lives and cut people off. That's awful. Absolutely. Along with the gay community. And mm -hmm. Right. That's just one aspect. But how many times have we gone through generations reading um, the stories of we cannot allow this woman to take communion because she voted? Right. Or, you know, that that gentleman. Oh, my goodness. I just saw a great movie this weekend called The Best of Enemies. Um, in which it was the um, it was the head of a Ku Klux Klan. And he um, with Anne Atwater had to come together about a school integration thing. Um, and they had to bring this and reconcile it within their own community, their own town, because the school for the African-American children burned. And so seeing them come together and seeing that struggle and to hear later on him saying, I can't believe that I thought that I was doing something. It was written in the Bible. It's so literal. If we take the Bible literally, we have a problem of division. Paul, even at this time, is saying, look beyond the literal interpretation of this. Look at the spirit of it. That shows to be more in the Old Testament, that they literalize all the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was very much very law-based. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then we go on to read, and I'll be finishing up here. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whew. How many people get up there with their certainty or their divisions or their laws or this is the right thing. This is how we need to do something. No, I don't want to embrace whatever it is that you have because you have a different opinion than me on how we should handle something. God knows the intentions. God will not be mocked. God knows. Or whatever, for you reap whatever you sow. For you reap whatever you sow. What does that say to you? Be careful what you sow. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're going back to the sow question. This is an analogy of being like farming. Right? Because back in the time, this is how people mostly made their livelihoods. They were fishermen or they, they had farms. And so when they had a crop, they would sow the seed, which means that they would plant the seed. Right? Um, so it's S-O-W instead of S-E-W. Does that answer your question, Jacob? Okay. All right. Let me know if I haven't answered it by the end of it. So you have to sow the seed. You have to plant the seed. Then it produces a heart. You add water, the sun. Right, you look like you're pondering this. The, the so if you sow hate, you get hate. That's right. If you sow love, you get love. Right. So if I was to go out front here and say, you know what, I'm going to plant an avocado tree, because it's California, and man, I love me some avocados. And I take this nut and that seed, and I put it down there, and I water it, and watch it grow and develop it, and I come back and I look at it months later, and I see a lemon tree there. <laughs> what is that telling you? That parents, when they have their kids, they grow up like two months later. It's like, what happened? Right. Is that what it means? It can be. It's like the grapes in our garden. Oh. We planted a grape seed, Jacob. Oh, in the garden. Grape in the 
harvest. harvest. Yeah. My point is, so if you plant an apple, yeah, if you plant an apple, you're not going to get an orange tree, right? Yeah. And whatever you plant is what grows, and that's what you get to pick. So you have to be very careful about what the seed is that you want growing. Right? Oh, that makes sense now. There's absolute parallels. So I, I ask you just to take a moment. Take an inventory of your life. Is there... <laughs> oh, no, don't call us to do that in church. <laughs> take an inventory of your life. What are you harvesting? Are you holding a lot of anger in life? Do you feel judged? Are you wanting more love, more encouragement, more understanding, more forgiveness? Are you wanting people to be more like you? It's just good questions to reflect upon. Because whatever it is that you are sowing, that is what you're reaping right now. Sometimes you don't sow anything and you get stuff, you know. It's like I'm always telling people, you know, I believe in karma. What goes around comes around, but sometimes you get stuff that you don't deserve. <laughs> Deserving is different, I think. But it's grace. But if one offers grace, even when something happens, you still experience grace. Peace. If you're providing peace, if you are offering peace into this world, if you've planted the seed of peace, that even if something happens that you weren't expecting, you're still going to harvest peace. The thing we don't take into consideration sometimes is how long it takes for the seed to grow. So it's our responsibility to plant one seed and then another seed and then another seed into another seed. And that's why Paul's saying, don't be weary in doing what's right and doing what's good. Keep planting these seeds. Man, have you had the coworker that you're like, love my life, not today? <laughs> right? Yeah. Woo, Lord, help me plant that seed of peace. You keep planting. You keep watering. You keep, before you know it, You'll have peace. Are you in need of more humor in your life? Do you need to laugh? Are you so tight with rules? So stuck in a way? What is it that you need? If you're feeling like you need more understanding in your life, that you wish others would understand you, and that also is a call for us to say, I need to understand others. Where are they coming from? Oftentimes I hear the expression, what is wrong with that person? And I always invite the questioning, what happened to that person? Because we've all got different personalities, right? Yeah. I, I try to live into grace, and sometimes that comes across as like, well, you're not strict enough. Right? I'm okay with that. <laughs> there are plenty in the world that are strict. I'm okay with that. I love to lean into grace. I love to give grace, because heaven knows I need that in my life. Right? Yeah. 
So this is just an opportunity for you this Sunday to just take that inventory. <laughs> take that deep breath and to say, whew, am I out of balance and what I'm harvesting right now? Am I so stuck on laws and rightnesses that I've lost the love, the boasting of love in my life, the boasting of love of Jesus? Take inventory of the seeds that you need. Take inventory as to what it is that you need in life. Whatever it is that you want more of in life, go do that. Go do what it is that you need. Some call it the law of attraction. Some call it karma. This is a law, just like there's gravity. If I throw something up, it's going to come down. This is just a universal law. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. To contact the Menifee United Church of Christ or for more information, go to menifeeucc.org. Thank you for listening.